You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Sorry for dropping this one a little later today. Nada is not going to be able to do this episode. Hopefully, he can join me tomorrow, and we can give you an episode every single day this week. Wanted to talk a little bit about what I wanted to talk about on Friday, the actual Denny Avdia evaluation after he had been rumored to be really, really liked by the Warriors after they hosted him for a workout and an interview on Thursday morning. So just last week, this broke. And then on Friday, we decided to talk a little bit about Shams Sharania's tweet, as well as Woj and Zach Lowe, everybody working together as they were reporting the NBA might actually start on December 22nd or December 25th, sometime in late January, or excuse me, late December. And if that were the case, um, we are going to discuss how that might affect the Charlotte Hornets in the second segment coming up. Um, So a couple of things to get to here today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And let's just start with Denny Avdia. Again, this all stems from the Golden State Warriors having the second overall pick. And at least the storyline that is out there is the fact that Denny is beloved by the Golden State Warriors after they worked him out and interviewed him on Thursday morning. And Golden State holds a very special place in this NBA draft because this is a team that should be at least contending for an NBA championship next season if everybody stays healthy. It's still a strong enough group with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green as they get older, yes, still a team that could absolutely contend for the championship. And they have the second overall pick, which is something that doesn't doesn't happen that often when you're talking about that talented of a team. And so now we're seeing something pretty unique, pretty or pretty rare, I should say, uh, when you're looking at the NBA drafts, and they might use it on a guy that not a lot of people are talking about all that much, at least, in the top three overall picks. I think there are, there are plenty that like him enough to consider take him, taking him there. It's not a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Wiseman, Edwards, and Ball all taken in the top three at whatever order you want to position them in. But it's still one of the more outlier responses. It still is mostly those three guys that I just mentioned. And here the Warriors are saying, nope, rather than trade the number two overall pick, we don't know what kind of trade options are out there now. Rather than trade it, rather than take a center, which seems to fit the best on paper, rather than take a LaMelo or Anthony, who, you know, I don't know if, if how well those guys really fit with that roster as currently constructed. Then you talk about, taking a Denny Avdia, who I do, I I do think fits with them. Well, Um, it's just how good is he going to be right away? Because rookies are just generally bad and a net negative with how they play in their first year in the NBA. That's just how it works. And do you want to utilize that asset that you have with the second overall pick on this guy that is most likely going to be a net negative his first year, just because that's kind of how most rookies are in their debut season. Looking at Denny Avdia the way I look at him, 
I wouldn't even take him three overall if he was available. I like that the Warriors might take him. That means that they would have their shot at an Anthony Edwards, a James Wiseman, or a LaMelo Ball, and I would take all three of those guys ahead of a Denny Avdia. But when you look at Denny, some of the things that I like, he's got really good playmaking ability at 6'9". I think he projects the best at the power forward position. I don't want him to play small forward. He's just not athletic enough. And while he's fluid, while he is kind of smooth, I think smooth is sometimes a word that we use when they find a way to get to the basket and do some different nice things without actually showing elite athleticism. And I don't know if he's the smoothest enough to actually have that kind of what looks aesthetically pleasing. I don't think that really translates all the way to the NBA. And when you're talking about Denny Avdia and his playmaking ability, I don't know if the ball handling is going to be strong enough for him to drive by other fours, even even some of the better defensive fours that you have, even some of the average defenders at the four spot in the NBA. It just seemed like he wasn't ever, uh, ever really able to drive by his guy all that often. And I think that bothers me. And it would be different if, okay, fine, he can't dribble all that well. He can't, um, he, he can't dribble enough to drive past his defenders. Then he could just shoot a three-pointer and stretch out the floor. Problem is, is the shot mechanics are, I, I don't think it's crazy unfixable. They just don't look great right now. And the percentages don't back up anything different from what you see. The percentages are not good. He's not a great shooter from beyond the arc. And um, I, I just think when you talk about him, in my opinion, not being athletic enough to drive past fours and also not being able to shoot the three all that well enough either, then it's somebody I'm passing on with the third overall selection. You know, the, 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 he is a really good passer. I do think he has some great vision. I do like his competitiveness and I know intangibles, I kind of roll my eyes myself at that. Um, but it, it certainly looks like somebody that works really hard and he's been tabbed to someone that is a gym rat and okay, that's great. I think there's certainly some value in that. I don't know if I'm using the third overall pick on somebody that works really hard. I think when you're also talking about his defense, that's something that is a plus to me. Um, I do think that it is someone that can be a pretty good team defender. I think he showcased some shot blocking ability as his career went on. I, I think you're looking at him being a little small, but I'm a big believer in the NBA being able to put weight on people. And so that doesn't bother me nearly as much. I also like that. And Mike Schmitz talked about this um, when he was doing an evaluation with Denny Avdia himself, how sometimes he'll talk about and go over tape with the prospect in which he's evaluating. You know, they talked about his ability to grab a rebound and then go up the floor where he can handle it well enough in transition. It's just in the half court that I don't absolutely love his ability to drive by guys. Still a good playmaker, a smart basketball player that can rotate it and is a player that I think can be a really, really solid rotation piece in the NBA. Maybe just not a third overall selection, but I do think he gets the rebound and does hit the open floor pretty well and can look ahead for a lot of guys that might be breaking or cutting to the basket. We can mention his fit with the Charlotte Hornets on the other side of the break. I want to talk a little bit about how he might mesh with a PJ Washington and a Miles Bridges on this team. If he was indeed the selection from Mitch Kupchak and company, uh, it would be interesting to see how all of those guys would mesh. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the t uh, best tasting protein bar ever. They have 
18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy, and you can also lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, also high fiber as well. And you can get a free cooler with your purchase at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. More on Denny Avdia and the season possibly starting in December coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, no, like I know. That yeah, no, I definitely. Sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening, or was I just that I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't. Li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. It's interesting that we might find ourselves in the same situation as last year, considering the NBA draft. And no, the Charlotte Hornets are not selecting eleven or twelve once again, having just missed the playoffs. They're selecting three. And so you might think, what are the similarities for this NBA draft compared to last year to this year? Well, when you're talking about Denny Avdia, it's somebody that I I think we're having the discussion last year when they drafted PJ Washington. How redundant is that selection considering they just used a pick on Miles Bridges in the first round? Well, I think Denny is a lot better four than he is a three. I just don't think he's athletic enough and handles the ball well enough to play the three position in the NBA. And he said himself, Denny did, how much he likes to post up. I don't know how strong he is uh, enough to post up in in some situations. I, I think that there are times where he doesn't go strong enough towards the basket and that can be coached. I get that. I just don't know if that's ever going to be something that is truly a part of his game. Still, I think he can be that guy that if he can't get past even the fours, in my opinion, average, you know, just even the average defenders at the four position dribbling by them, I still think that there's enough to where he can, you know, take control of the basketball and facilitate an offense. He can be a secondary ball handler, and that would be something that is enticing. He is going to be a good playmaker at that position. And so I think he does project better at a four PJ Washington. I do think is already a good passer, certainly a better shooter than what Denny Avdia is after shooting 38% from three this past season that we saw PJ and miles bridges is someone where the shot just hasn't come along as much as we would have hoped after his days, uh, his two years at Michigan state. And I understand that the Hornets aren't interested in looking specifically for fit when they use this third overall selection, but looking at, Denny and Miles and PJ all being on the same roster. If if you wanted to move on from one of those guys, then I think Miles would be the one that you'd have to from, you know, what PJ Washington showed you this past season and Denny and PJ playing on the floor at the same time. You know, I'd be interested in playing PJ Washington at the five defensively and, and, and offensively. I think it's it's a lot of fun defensively. You do give up some stuff there, but I don't think Denny Avdia is somebody that helps you a, a ton uh, at that at the five position defensively either. 
And I, I just don't know how I like the fit of playing a, let's say, and your lineup might look like a Devontae and Terry in the backcourt or Devontae and Cody Martin, whatever. And then you look at your three position, you know, being a Miles Bridges this year and PJ Washington and Denny Avdia, if you're trying to start everybody or Cody Zeller and Avdia comes off of the bench. Um, you know, there, there are some interesting lineups there, but you're talking about even a Jalen McDaniels that's already on the team. And, you know, that's someone that I think you know, you're, you're talking about and maybe not being the playmaker that Avdia is, but Jalen McDaniels is to me a legitimate prospect to try to project as a possible pillar of the organization, or at least someone that can last with this team for a long time. And now you're talking about McDaniels. That looks like he would be a good four where I do think he's got, um, you know, he's got the shooting ability to certainly stretch out the floor a lot more uh, defensively. Jalen McDaniels clearly to me is a better prospect than what Avdia can give you as much as it, it, even I like Avdia. And so you're talking about McDaniels and Washington and, um, and, and miles bridges all kind of being three fours. And, you know, I, I like the versatility, but can they all play on the floor at the same time? Who's going to be your bench pieces? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, I guess. When you're talking about a LaMelo possibly being there, when you're talking about an Anthony Edwards who does project as a very good athlete, and if you can look past some of the things that are scaring NBA agents um, as far as the attitude goes, and if you can look past the shooting, then yeah, I mean, Anthony Edwards projects as a pretty damn good NBA prospect. I would like to take my chance on those guys. I would, yes, rather have Devin Vassell before I'd rather have Avdia. You know, I mean, Vassell, yes, he scared me a little bit with that jump shot. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's still someone that I'd rather select in, in that particular spot. So for me, when it comes to the third overall position, unless they're trading back to, I don't know, something like seven, something like that. It's just not a guy that I really get the feeling that I want on this basketball team selecting this high in the NBA draft. And it, it, what 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 does Denny do that could potentially make him an all-star one year? You know, I, I don't think I think Anthony Edwards clearly could be someone that becomes just a walking bucket. And that could certainly become an all-star one day. James Wiseman does have at least a lot of athleticism at the five spot where, you know, I think that there could be um, some good defensive prowess there. And also he does have a touch at the five spot. And then you look at LaMelo ball who <laughs> looks like he is going to really facilitate an offense, be your primary, uh, primary ball handler. And if the decision-making can continue to fix itself and of course the jump shot, which scares me, I, I think that that guy could be an all-star one day. I just don't look at Avdia and, and think that he is a potential all-star in the NBA. And I can't stand the Luka Doncic comparisons, by the way. I mean, Luka is someone, yeah, he's not athletic either, but that's someone that can handle the ball, in my opinion, a lot better than what Avdia can. And as good of a passer as Avdia is, Luka Doncic clearly a lot better passer than what Denny would be coming over. I think Luka is someone that is, is pretty strong at his position also. And even with the weakness that Doncic had shooting the basketball, where you see some of the weaknesses that are, are there beyond the arc just this past season, you know, I, I think even then 
he's a better shooter than what Denny is. You know, the, the Luka Doncic comparisons, I, those are the white guy European kind of comparisons that need to, you know, stay away. I just, it, it's not somebody that I'm, I'm thinking uh, I would like to have here with the Hornets, but it does present a good opportunity for the Hornets, in my opinion, if he is taken with that second overall selection, and then you could have your choice between two of the top three guys, as far as a consensus goes, where most people would say it's Wiseman, it's, uh, it's LaMelo Ball and it's Anthony Edwards. I would love to have your choice of those three guys and take whoever you think is the best out of all of those prospects. We have one more segment to go here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm, I'm a little, I listen, hold on. I, now see. Uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know I'm uh-huh. under the weather. You know I'm not at 100% right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We talked about this on Friday as it was breaking, thought I would kind of go over it once again, that there were several media outlets that were reporting there actually might be an NBA season to start as soon as late December, including either one Christmas Day or uh, December 22nd with 72 regular season games. So not the full slate of 82 games, but 72 games is what the NBA would be looking at if they decided to start this early. Clearly, it would benefit the Charlotte Hornets more so than it would the Los Angeles Lakers who just are off of a title. Same thing with Miami who played just as many games. It would clearly benefit the Charlotte Hornets more than it would any team that got to the conference finals, like your Boston Celtics or your Denver Nuggets. And I think that is interesting because maybe it does start to put some other, maybe put some weight on the other side of the scale when discussing, you know, how fair it is for all of the different teams that were either invited to the bubble that were invited to the bubble, but also were good. And they're essentially getting punished for being so good, having to start so early. And it's not fair. This is not something that uh, that I think is easy to make everybody happy. You know, and I get all of that. But I do think that this is something that actually does balance the teeter-totter out a little bit. I think the, the teams that benefit the most from all of this are the teams that were invited to the bubble, maybe played a first-round series and saw some success in the regular season, and then got bounced early enough to where they got to play a month of basketball, then get a couple of months rest, and then come back at this thing on on uh, in December, or even more than a couple of months rest, I should say. So when you're talking about Phoenix, Phoenix seems to be among the biggest beneficiaries that there are. Having that young team get together and have the success that they did in the bubble, not play so long to where they're getting tired, even if they did play longer, that's a relatively young team compared to some of the other teams we're talking about. And so you get to play the little regular season that they did, and then... 
you get to go home with all that experience and all those W's under your belt. That's fantastic for the Phoenix Suns, even a Portland Trailblazers team where they get to get some basketball in an organized way. They get bounced in the first round by the Lakers, but at least it was the defending, at least it was the champions. And then you get to go home having played some organized basketball and get more rest than the teams that actually do get to move on. And so I think when you're talking about those middle teams, the teams that were invited, Pelicans, Grizzlies, even though Zion and Lonzo did not look good in Orlando whatsoever, you're still talking about teams that, in my opinion, did benefit if they were invited, but also (laughs) didn't make it all the way to the end of the playoff run where they're not going to be tired, but at least they did get a little bit of organized basketball. The Charlotte Hornets, they benefit more than the Lakers in in that stretch, and and it just is unfortunate because the Hornets really could have capitalized a lot and maybe been that team like Phoenix where this was a team that was playing its best basketball at the end of the season as it abruptly ended we know how they performed against Miami we know about the way that they were performing against the Toronto Raptors against the Houston Rockets on the flip side you are talking about not a whole lot of time to implement your third pick in the NBA draft and try to get as much time as possible for him to get the chemistry down with all the other pieces on this roster and hit the ground running once the NBA season does start in 2020, whenever it does, whether whether it's December 22nd, December 25th, or sometime in that area, it's going to be really hard for a team also, you know, like the Hornets to figure out what they're doing Um, collecting maybe some bad contracts in return for some assets. Maybe it makes some other teams jumpy. You know, who knows? It'll be interesting to see how the Hornets operate um, in this weird offseason, just as it will for a lot of other teams in the NBA. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA or really anything on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. Hopefully Nada will join me back and we'll see you tomorrow. 